is the music, and we are back underway. Mr. Craig Button, 69.3 contact inside the goal crease. If an attacking player initiates contact with a goalkeeper, incidental or otherwise, while the goalkeeper's in his goal crease and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. That's 69.3. Contact outside the crease. If an attacking player initiates contact with a goalkeeper, other than that of incidental, while the goalkeeper is outside his crease and the goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. We can argue if it's incidental or not. And distinct kicking motion, as you know, anything that is kicked by an attacking player that goes off anything, the stars, the moon, the referee, the goalkeeper, is disallowed. Did the officials go three for three in Jersey on the night before Thanksgiving? Welcome. Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. And, and there was no doubt about it. I mean, like, bottom line is, is that, the rules are in place. The calls were, were were the were the perfect calls, and let's move on. Like I mean, the the bottom line. I was surprised Lindy Ruff challenged on the on the, on the first uh, uh, goal. Uh, you know where Nathan Bastian contacted uh, Matt Murray State. So bottom line is, uh, you know, we don't usually uh, have a have officials get a hat trick in a game, but they got a hat trick, and they should be celebrated. Is um, any of the three more debatable? Like Devils fans, you know, some of them, I don't know, 2% of them, didn't act in a professional manner. It's one thing to throw something on the ice, but a full bottle or hitting a play. I mean, it's one thing if you do it and you're trying to hit the defend or the opposition. What if they threw something and it hit Nico Heischer in the jaw and broke his jaw and he's out for six weeks? How would they feel about that? Uh, and the Leafs had to leave like Central Red Army did, but they were more, you know, quitting at the time. But the Leafs left for different reasons. So, is there more of an argument on the second disallowed goal? I'm I'm being devil's advocate from a devil's perspective. Well, well, don't be because the rules real simple, and I don't care. The rules aren't made for individual fans. Okay, there's no devil's advocate here. The fans always look at it through the lens of their own team, and when when it doesn't go their way, the officials were wrong and they were screwed, and they have oh Toronto War Room. Bottom line is the right call was made. Exactly the right call was made in all three instances. There's no debate about it. You want to put on your devil's hat, go ahead and put on your devil's hat. Throw a piece of paper around your little office there. The right call was made. There's no debate about it. Just don't throw a uh, half-loaded beer onto the ice and do some damage. It wasn't a good look. I know people say, well, come on, Cooley and Craig, they're all liquored up. Oh, so if we're liquored up the day before Thanksgiving, it's free game to do whatever we want. Travel 100 in a school zone or, you know, go do some silly things. But uh, fans do what fans do. What shouldn't be taken away was the great streak that the Devils had been on. And as we hit the 25% mark, how well Vegas, Boston, and the Devils have been. Now, Boston didn't win the night before Thanksgiving. Vegas did again. These three teams have been unbelievable, Craig. The consensus, if that means anything, is the other two, Vegas and Boston, will probably win their divisions. But the Devils will come back to reality. Where's your Devil reality in the Metro sandwich? Well, why are the Devils going to come back to reality? And every single, like, goals for, goals against. Every single metric that looks at success, the Devils are at the top of the league, defensively and offensively. So so why are they going to come down to earth, so-called, and other teams, like, aren't? Bottom line is the Devils are real. 
The way they play is real. The real the way they play is sustainable. The way the the way they approach the game is impactful. And and they're going to carry on playing the same way. They got good players. They got really good system of team play. And if if you ask me, they're the ones that are more sustainable than anybody in the league. So they're going to win the president's trophy, is what you're saying? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. We you you mentioned three teams here. I don't like remember winning the president's trophy is about accumulating points and who you're playing against. Bottom line is the Devils. You asked me a question versus Vegas and Boston. The Devils are the most sustainable group of those three. Maybe I just don't believe it yet. Maybe it's sixteen. Well, that's okay. And four. You don't have to believe you. You know you, you you can decide what you want to believe or what you don't want to believe. The bottom line is the facts are there. The facts are there and they're indisputable. They won't be 16 and four in their next 20. So even if they're 12 and eight, they put themselves in a great spot. I guess I want to see the Devils and the Rangers, Devils in Carolina, Devils in Boston. And uh, see, right now, the easily worst division is the Pacific. So Vegas is in the best spot if you look at strength of schedule. And we got some dogs in the Pacific division, and some teams clearly who are underachieving right now. So if you're Vegas and you're off to this start, Nichols on pace for 40 goals and 100 points, and Logan Thompson's a Calder favorite, and their defense is playing well, and you know maybe they need one more forward on the third line. Who knows? You know they don't have to play the Carolinas and the Rangers and the Devils. They've got other competition, and I don't know where Seattle is in your mix. So I think it's most sustainable for Vegas right now. And if the Devils win the division, Craig. Hats off to the Devils and Lindy Ruff. And I thought Lindy handled the, you know, smorgasbord on the ice very well. He wanted to settle the fans down. But they're fun to watch, man. Relentless, fast hockey. I just don't know if, you know, the wow factor is going to continue with all these players that I like. But I don't know if I love Thomas Tatar. I don't know if I love Siegenthaler and Brendan Smith to do what they're doing. They've had a very consistent lineup. And it's, it's. It's it's my biggest shock as we hit the 25% mark. The New Jersey Devils at 16 and four. My biggest shock. Sounds like you should be voting for coach of the year because uh, more times than not, in the vast majority of cases, the, the person that wins coach of the year is, is the is the coach that, that, that was with the team that was least expected to do much. <laughs> And, you know, like, so, so you, you, just because you didn't expect the New Jersey Devils to do very much, they're 20 games in and 16 and four. And, and you, you talk about, and you just made a distinction to what exactly what I talked about. If you're talking about who could win the president's trophy, you just made a case for the Vegas Golden Knights you, because of their, who they're playing and accumulating points. But when it comes to straight up playing, nobody, nobody in the entire national hockey league, no team has better numbers, everything obvious underlying metrics than the New Jersey Devils. No team. They're no, top of the league. That doesn't mean the stock's going to stay at four. Uh, okay, I bet you I didn't say. I didn't I say. they don't win the division. I bet I you okay, they don't win the you, division. You, okay, so now you're being speculative. That's fine. I, first of all, you can make that bet whenever you want. Bottom line is, everything that they're doing right now is not accidental. We've seen teams do things that we go, okay, that's not sustainable. What they're doing is sustainable. Just like I, I had the same thing last year with the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames were the same. What did they do? Fifty wins. Fifty wins. They went on and went off on. And yeah, they didn't win the President's Trophy because Florida was playing in a crummy division. 
and they accumulated lots of points against bad teams. But at this time last year, I said the same thing about the Calgary Flames. And they won the division, by the way. So you think the Devils are going to get 128 points? I didn't say that. You I'm said you said it's sustainable. No, I didn't say. I said rewind the, the tape. Play, Steve, 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 Steve. Don't try to twist this around. The bottom line is nothing the Devils are doing right now is accidental. You can be as surprised as surprised as you want. We all know that nobody saw this coming or nobody predicted it coming. Bottom line is the Devils are a real team and they're a good team. And I didn't say that they weren't. And I didn't say it was accidental. I just say, and I believe it's not sustainable at six. Based on what? Four. Based on what? What isn't sustainable? The, I think the math is high. Everything's going really well right now. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're... Because they do things really well. And they have players that are really good. It's amazing how that all goes hand in hand, right? So where at the start of the year did you have the Devils? I didn't. I, I said it's coming. I didn't have them expect. I didn't have them in there. But like you, you, you can look at what was, or you can look at what is. Better than Carolina and the Rangers, you're saying? Right now they are. Right now they are. Well, I'm not saying they're not right now. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to look into the future as those teams have not yet played, and I gotta think that as the race turns to fifty percent, seventy five percent. I like the horses on Carolina and they're missing a big horse. That's going to come back and they don't even have their number one goalie right now. And they're still picking up points, although they didn't against Arizona the other night. So if the devils do it, like I said, hats off, it is. A, is there anything as sexy as the devil's storyline, Craig? Cause I know you love Lindy and you're the president of the Lindy rough fan club. I do too. He is the favorite for coach of the year. And the other two might be Jim Montgomery and might be Bruce Cassidy. That might be the three right now. And, and maybe Peter Boer is four and maybe Rick bonus is five. I'm not so sure, but I love how there's, there's different storylines, right? We've got new teams probably in and, old aging teams maybe out is there any bigger individual or team storyline than the new jersey devils i don't think there is i mean we can look at the boston bruins they've been a good team we can but they, but we, people forget that they brought back Krejci and they you know signed hampus lindholm last year so yeah they didn't have marshan at the beginning of the year and they didn't have charlie mcavoy but they had Krejci and lindholm into the lineup which is really significant for them you know, I think that what's happened in Dallas with Peter DeBoer, he's done a terrific job in really generating the offense there. Jason Robertson has been phenomenal, along with Rupa Hintz and Joe Pavelski. I mean, right now, that trio, you, you could argue that, that, that they're the best line in hockey. Is there, are there other lines that are as good as them? Yeah, perhaps, but I don't think there's any line better than them. And you know, you you look at the Winnipeg Jets, what they're doing under Rick Bonus. I mean, that's what they brought him in. Let's put Wednesday night aside with that shellacking by the uh, Minnesota Wild. But and then there's the individual performances. I mean, EK65, all he does is continue to perform at an elite level. I mean, if we're handing out the Norris Trophy at the quarter point of the season, it's a unanimous vote for Eric Carlson. It's unanimous. Nobody else gets a vote on for the Norris Trophy. Nobody. Nobody else deserves a vote for Norris Trophy a quarter of the way through the season. I think he's got to be the most surprised player of the year. I I, I think it, it, it among players who are doing very good things, I mean, Jack Eichel's on pace for 40 and 100. Um, you know, we can look at how well certain, you know, goalies are doing. Um, you know, Carter Hart got off to a great start. Jake Ottinger's outstanding. Elias Sorokin's been great in that category. 
Um, but I, I don't see any, like Jason Robertson's probably in the Hart Trophy conversation right now. And that's great, but we knew he was good. And maybe he's not this good, or maybe this isn't sustainable. But the the Eric Carlson stuff, like that's just, he's like a rover out there. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. And the numbers are like since Bobby Orr. When you're doing something since Bobby Orr, that just makes you go, wow. And I still don't know what it means. And I don't know if moving him is even a fair conversation because some people just start banging their head against the wall. What do you mean 11 point? Like, I, I, I don't know, Craig, if that's possible. All I know is this. I see someone that the best thing that happened to him recently is Brent Burns leaving. <laughs> Brent Burns leaving. And having Eric Carlson healthy has allowed him to go, you know, let me spread my wings. But individually, it has to be. It has to be the storyline among a lot of great offensive storylines this year. A couple of things, and I'll go back to Eric Carlson. He he did an interview during the uh, Sharks-Ottawa uh, game uh, during the first intermission. It was really good. And he was asked, you, you, you know, how he was, you know, what he could attribute uh, his success to this year. And he he, he said, it, he, here's how we started. He said, you know what? I had a good off season. I reconnected with a lot of people, uh, you, you know, that I'd lost touch with. And so we're talking about off ice. We're talking about off ice scenarios, right? And, and, you know, getting comfortable. He talked about training and getting healthy, obviously, right? But all those things work together. And I think that, you know, we, we judge players from outside and when players aren't performing, we want to know what's going on. Is there something going on? And, you know, we, we, we point to injuries. Oh, we might be injured. Well, maybe, maybe players are just struggling or having some challenges in other areas of their lives. And I think that with Eric Carlson, him being very open about it, it, it was a, it was an innocent statement, but, it, but, but it really caught my attention. Because I think it speaks volumes about being, uh, you, you, you know, feeling that sense of like, hey, I can just play freely and and I'm healthy and I I'm feeling good about everything. And I I I think that that's what we're seeing for, with Eric Carlson. Uh, n- number two, can you name the player that has scored the most goals in the National Hockey League since February 9th of twenty twenty two? Most goals. Well, in this category, I think there's going to be the McDavid's, the Caulfield's. The Jason Robertsons, you know, they've had great runs in that. I mean, Caulfield and Martin St. Louis has been special. Uh, but you're talking about Eric Carlson. I'm, I'm assuming it's not him because it would be it's too not easy. Eric to Carlson. So I'm assuming that that probably Jason Robertson. You're correct. Okay. And Cole Caulfield was, is, was sixth on that list. And uh, since February 9th, when Marty St. Louis took over as coach, that's why you know, I brought it up, but Jason Robertson was leading the pack along with Austin Matthews, but Jason Robertson with two goals on Wednesday. Now uh, it sits alone since February 9th, 40 goals. Yeah. 40 goals since February 9th. And, and that's amazing. I mean, it's always, as our friend Steve Dryden taught us, you know, what, why that line, you know, a line of January 1st, a line of after the deadline, February 9th might work better for him but on february 8th someone scored five and he's not on the list and i'm not saying that did happen but either way jason robertson the puck finds him and he finds the back of the net the spin around goal the other day it's just he makes it look easy the art of scoring And, and you mentioned austin matthews before we hit our sports interaction break for austin to be 30 goals and 80 points is a c minus like how would you describe 
I think the Leafs at 11, 5, and 5 at the break here is outstanding considering Matthews, Chris Cuthbert's number one in my books. He's number one. He brings up Austin Matthews has not scored on a wrist shot at even strength this year. Holy, what a, like that's something you go, are you kidding me? And I, he's trying, he's still, some of the underlying numbers are still good. He's still getting some opportunities, but it's not wow. And Craig, he's not scoring 60, right? Well, here's the thing with Austin Matthews. There's two. There's two ways you measure Austin Matthews. You, me- you you measure him first by his own lofty standards that he has set, and and that's the, the, that's the Hart Trophy winner. Number two is then you gotta then you gotta look at vis-a-vis. You know w- what does his thirty goals or thirty-five goals and eighty points mean for the rest of the league? It's still top of the league. Uh, it's not a C minus. What I would say with Austin Matthews, where he's at, the, he's a B. He's a B because his own his own law he he set such lofty standards for himself. I mean, you look at I mean how many goals he he's going to score his three hundredth goal at some point this season, and you know is he is he is he going to score sixty this year? Uh, I don't think so. And 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 part of it too is is going to be because they're going to be asked to do different things defensively with the depletion of the of the uh, of their blue line. Morgan Riley out, TJ Brody out currently, and Jake Muzzin out. So, uh, you know, that's going to take away, I think, uh, some significant offensive opportunities for Austin. And I think that that prevents him in in in, in this season from getting sixty. I, I think he'll be hard pressed to get fifty, which really tells you one thing. It's a special season that he had last year. The last player to score 60 goals before Austin did it in 21-22 was Steven Stamkos. <laughs> and, you know, when Steven scored 60, I mean, he he's going to score his 500th this year. And we we a great goal score. It's not easy to score 50, let alone 60. So let's appreciate when somebody does it. And I guess in theory, even if it is 40 and 90, that's a great year. Oh, yeah. And the Leafs and Austin will really only be judged from game 83 on. So you're right. I think C minus is too low. You said B to be or not to be to bet or not to bet. That is the question. We think we have the answers. All right. Time now for KB on ice and inside. Look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at sports interaction. Sports interaction is Canada sports book 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Mr. Button, what do you got? What do you like? I'm going really, really quick here. Friday night, Winnipeg at Dallas, a real central leaders matchup. I'm going with the Stars on home ice versus the Jets. The Stars look really good. Saturday, Toronto-Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh wins that one. They're starting to grind it out. Toronto's too depleted to continue on. And Sunday, Vancouver at San Jose. If Vancouver wants to make a run here, this is their chance to make up some ground. But my big bet of the day, Saturday, Michigan-Ohio State at Ohio State. Michigan, go blue wins. Blake Corum with two touchdowns. Go blue. And your connection to Michigan is? What do you mean what my connection I lived in Ann Arbor for 12 years. I don't need, nobody needs to know what my connection is. Go blue. Okay, okay. I like the stars as well, Friday. I am taking the Oilers when the Rangers come home on Saturday. McDavid and Dreisaitl have to will them to victory. Like the Oilers are, there's a concern there. And Dallas plays Winnipeg. Then they go into Denver. They're going to be lambs to the slaughter, as good as they are. Colorado, an easy one. McCarr, two points on Saturday. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook. So much going on, Craig. Your football, real football, and of course, the National Hockey League. Log on to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to make your picks. 
Canada Sportsbook is sports interaction, 19 plus. Please gamble responsibly. I like Notre Dame. Craig, if I am Stephen Wacom or Colin Campbell or Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, do people like when we say that we're in a good spot? Like, we have no topics. Scoring is slightly up from last year. We're not talking cross-checking. Other than the night before Thanksgiving, we really have not focused anything on officiating other than the challenge, which really is the GM fault. And every time I bring it up, the only person who backs me is you. You, because you... You're not so sure what the GMs do in that room all the time uh, is always in the best interest of the entire league. But anyway, overall, what is what what's the storyline? No World Cup, you know, we're paying off escrow, so the cap's gonna go up. You know, we got a lot of great players and a lot of sexy numbers right now. I don't know, changing the playoff format to one to eight. Like there's almost it's like Seinfeld. It's a it's a show about nothing. We there, There's no pressing issue, right? Like we sit there and say, what's on the agenda? I think golf at Pebble Beach is on the agenda. I don't see anything else. Like nobody's been talking about officiating, which is so good that I think we should talk about it and say how happy we, there's a lot of young guys in this league, Craig. There's a lot of guys. You look at Cody Beach. Who's that guy? And people are learning about, you know, the ranks and different guys who are like, oh, who are these guys? But they've been put into spots. Um, and and so far, I think that there's no pressing issue or pressing topic unless you've got one right now from your Calgary estate. I, I don't. And and you remember the Seinfeld episode? And I mean, there's a number of them. I remember the Seinfeld episode, the the one where uh, Jerry says to uh, Elaine, "Do you want to uh, you want to go get something to eat?" And she goes, "Sure, but I'm not hungry." <laughs> you, know, like, yes, that's you know and so but but, but you know and, 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 the nhl is i think is in a great place i i, I do like you know like if, if we want to try to create things go ahead you can create things and and i'll just go through the the the, the league like think about what happened in march of 2020 okay nobody plans for that nobody can plan for that I mean, the Stanley Cup was handed out in, in, in September of 2020. Think about all the work and the effort, the creativity uh, uh, and the efforts of everybody to get that done. Then, then, the, then the 2021 season, you know, you, you know, had its starts and stops and, and, and spurts and they and they reconfigured the divisions to have an NHL season. And, and we handed out a Stanley Cup in the in, in the summer. And, and, and that was wonderful. And 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 then last year again some so uh, you, you know some challenges and and Lee gets back to to a spot revenue wise exciting Stanley and here we are starting up league is rolling along we're talking about the great players we're talking about great plays we're talking about great stories i.e. the New Jersey Devils right like w- what are we looking for are are, are we going to go outside and on a bright sunny day where it's 82 degrees Fahrenheit or 24 degrees Celsius. And we go, Oh geez. Uh, do you think, do you think it might rain today? <laughs> like there's not a cloud in the sky, but people like, do Craig. They want to, I know they, they do. They and you know what? I got, no, everything. I got no time for those people. I got no time for it. You know what? Go down in your basement, close the closet door and go whine yourself. The league is in a great spot. The league has worked tremendously hard since March of 2020 to land where they're at. Now we're going to come up on three years 
you know, they're talking about revenue. We know revenues are up. We're talking about the cap going up next year, that escrow, that everything that got reconfigured with the CBA is going to, you know, be corrected in, in, in real time. What does that speak to? It speaks to massive success. We're going to celebrate success. That's how I look at it. I don't look at it as like, you know, I, I can go and find things and, you know, we all can. It, 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 you know what it is, Steve? It, it, it's meaningless because it doesn't matter. Well, we always try to find something that might not be on the A list, but uh, we go to the B list and there's always tweaks that a good company can make. Is there anything that will come of the GM's meetings? And if you can go back and redo something, if it's me and you, you know how I feel, go to front edge right now. Maybe, maybe honestly look at the moments of what the offside challenge could take away. Is that the biggest issue? Is that the one that, you know, you know, you open up Pandora's box and you can't put the genie back in. Is there anything that is tweakable? Or is there anything that needs to, no, nothing needs to be done. Is there anything we would want to do? We, we were commissioner for 24 hours. What can be done to make things better? The situation at the blue line, you know how I feel about that. I just want to make it as good as it possibly can be in a situation that I probably voted would have voted against putting a camera at the blue line. Well, the camera at the blue line was put in because they, they, they decided to put in the uh, offside challenge, but you, you, there's been two significant modifications since the offside challenge was introduced. And I've said this on previous episodes. I'll say it again forever and a day. Gary Bettman warned the GMs. He warned the GMs. And so they decided that this is what they wanted to do. Try to get the call right. We all talk. So do we want the call right or do we not want the call right? And Gary has said, you know, because he's been challenged on, you know, why do we have the offside rule? And he said, well, we want to get the call right. And the rules is, you know, pretty clear. But there's been two significant modifications to that. Number one, coaches were using the offside challenge as an extra timeout. And you know, so now they looked at it. Wait a second here. The, 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 I don't think this is the right idea. So now they said you can challenge, but if you're wrong, there's a penalty. Pretty significant advancement. Then they came up with the plane on the blue line. So, so what else? I mean, I know you've talked about front edge, right? It's still judgment. You know, we we've got the plane and everything, and you know, the bottom line is, I I think it's a good place. We're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. We're not going back to a situation where there is not going to be an offside challenge. But I think there's teeth in the challenge. I think there's been a, a modification in the challenge and, and we got to live with it. And if you're looking for perfection, you're always going to be fine. You're always going to find a way to say we're not perfect, but th that's not what it's about because if, you, you'll never be happy. If perfection is your only answer, you'll never be happy. Yeah, there's there's not going to be perfection. People want the human element sometimes. You know, when people say, well, we need well, when it works to their advantage. Yes, I know, I know. Just like the topic one with the devils and just like people with bullying. Bullying is terrible when kids go to school bully. But on Twitter, they bully. Well, that's okay because this guy doesn't feel the same way I do uh, on a certain uh, philosophical topic. So then I'm allowed to bully him. Oh, I get it. Okay. We're the biggest hypocrites in the history of the planet. So, you know, we want to get the call right. Okay. Well, what about an eye in the sky? And if you, uh, if Craig Button slashes me, we're on the same team. Wow. We don't want too many reviews. Oh, okay. So we want to have as many reviews as you like. To. Why do we only have 31 flavors of ice cream? Well, those are the only ones I like. 
Oh, okay. But I like this other flavor. Well, we don't make it. So I get all that kind of stuff. Why don't we review, uh, you know, icings? You know, why don't we review certain penalty? But, and I get it. So we open up and have this conversation about a whole bunch of different things. And I just hope, Craig, that we don't have a moment that if something happens and then we have to wait as it's reviewed. And then now I can celebrate, right? Because when you go to the game and you have fun, and I don't mean going to the game, working the game. When people go to the game or they flick around from a lot of games, they have to wait to see if the coaches are looking down. And even that moment of, uh-oh, could it have been in a perfect world, which there won't be, it would be great that, and I don't know if this is how they do it in tennis, but Craig, here comes Dreisaitl and McDavid. They cross the line and a blue light goes on means it was onside. The Cyclops knows. And if they come in offside and it, and that way we never have to worry. We never have to worry. You know what I mean? That would be the perfect. So you hear it's a two on one. Dry title, McDavid. Uh, oh, they're offside. So they, they just stop. Instead of, you know, the play going, I, I'm going to guess there's going to be some other modification, which might be change of possession, might be. And, and there might be a time length. I don't know. I have a feeling the GMs and, you know, Mr. Bettman will hit 30 year anniversary by the time we get into the March meetings. I just wonder where everyone's at here, but one more way to slow down this car. I just don't want a moment, like getting it right for an inch or a millimeter or the moment. I'm about the moment. You imagine we go back and the Bobby Orgel was that much offside or Henderson or Tanelli to Nystrom, whatever the situations are, especially when you front somebody, when everyone's in front of you, it's not as if it's soccer and you're behind me. It's like, what's going on here? It, it, that's what same way we say i've looked at that call i'm not going to call a hooker slash it's the marginal one i'm going to let that one go I, i'm managing the game the same way a three on three in over the blue line three guys are being fronted by the three attackers and the guy without the puck on the far side's a millimeter off and people are saying so you're allowing that to happen yeah i'm allowing that to happen the way a, a, a referee allows a battle to happen right that, I'm, that I can't discipline my kid for every little thing all the time or they'll be in the room the whole time, that we need to manage. Maybe we should tweak the offside rule as opposed to tweaking the offside challenge. I mean, and Craig, I can't name names. I know people in the league office are divided on this topic. They're divided. They believe the same thing. God help us if we lose a moment because of... What we just talked about. So, and I, I know they won't go back. Nobody ever wants to admit they're wrong. You know what? We're going to race the bids, Craig. We're going to race the bids, Bob Barker. Bid lower than $599. $299, Bob. $301. You know, I bid a dollar. I know that's not going to happen. It's just too bad that what Matt Duchesne and there was another offside call that was so flagrant that we decided to put this in. But you're right. You said it so well. Gary said, be careful what you wish for. And we're living with that right now. That's the clip. That's the clip right now. Okay, so when you talk about that, right? So there has been a modification to the offside rule with the plane. The plane. They, they, yep. that, that's that's just so, so there has been. Yeah. So I'm going to say this about this, and 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 I'm I'm using rough numbers. There's about sixty five thousand plays in a game. You know that have to be decided offsides and everything in the course of a game. Everything that goes on, right? Is that offside? Is that a penalty? Is that not a penalty? All the things that go on, a good goal, bad, everything. I seen everything. All these judgments over the course of a season. You know, just take sixty-five thousand. I say the officials get it right ninety-nine percent of the time, if not more. 
So what does 99% of the time mean? Let's just, let's, let's just talk about what 99% of the time means. Well, that means that there's 600, uh, uh, six, 650 calls <laughs> that they might get wrong. That's the math at 1%. Who's 600? 99%? Great. Who in the world's 99% at anything? Well, wait, well, I think the NHL officials are. Yeah, I, think I know. 90... That's amazing. And I, I, I know what... it is. Yeah. So, so, so we're going to have a missed call and we're going to have some missed times, right? But I'm going to tell you about moments, okay? And Pat Quinn and Leon Stickle said that Pat, he was, he was refereeing in, in the 90s or officiating. And Pat Quinn was still yelling at him for that 1980 call in game six, Flyers versus the. So let's just stop and think about if if the game on Wednesday night between New Jersey and Toronto is played in Toronto, after all three of those goals were disallowed by New Jersey, the fans would be cheering. They would be cheering. <laughs> and when it goes for your team, there's no jeering. When it goes against your team, there's lots of jeering. And that's just the fact of the matter, right? Bottom line is, let's just go back and look. So like, if there is a huge moment, right, and it was offside, the, the huge moment should have never happened. It should have never happened. So, the, the, and, and therefore, we need to get it right. So, I, I, like, you know what? Like, Trevor Zegers scores a fantastic Mike Leg goal. It was offside. Doesn't matter. You may as well do it in warm-up, as far as I'm concerned. Doesn't matter. That, that argument works very well. I'm saying the ones that are onside, now we're waiting... For the 99% that are right, and we have to wait, and that moment is also affected. That's what I'm saying by the paid customers. Like, you go to okay. a restaurant, they we offer live you with a, it. They, they, we live with it. Hang on, hang on, hang on, but you're not a paying customer. So if the paying customers leave the restaurant and they write, steak's not done well. I don't like the way you do your steak, and they put it in the box. And the manager opens up 100 of them, and 99 say, we don't like how the steak is done. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I do it the way I like. Hang on a second. What does the fan want? Does the fan like this or not? Do they want it to continue or not? They're the paying customers. And I'll say from anecdotal evidence, because we've got us in the media, you had a real hockey job. Like people get paid to win or lose, right? So I consider that like that's the inner layer, then the media, then the fans. Anecdotally, I think they would abolish this thing right now. I do, I, anecdotally. I can only tell you this, Steve. Uh, like, if, if you have an offside call and 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 the fans go, that was offside. That goal should have never got, should have never counted. And our team's eliminated from the playoffs. You think the fans want that? No, Greg, they don't. They they never even knew those plays before were offside. I, I, they you know, never I, even. We never I, even. I don't checked. disagree with you. We talked about Gary <laughs> warning the managers. I'm telling you, the game is in a great place. The fans are not disappointed. And by the way, I buy tickets. I am a paying customer. Okay, okay, that's okay. <laughs> so just so you know, I have, I have skin in the game. And the bottom line is, the fans aren't disappointed. No, I, I, I didn't say disappointed. I said if they would like it changed. They're the paying customers. If they would like it changed. No, they and don't. You, and, and when it goes you, for them, when it goes for no, them, they love it. I'm not and trying when to say that. it goes against them. No, I know. I know that. I know that. That's not what I'm arguing, Your Honor. I'm talking about, I, I've seen the 23 goals that were disallowed. In the moment, nobody knew those 23 plays were upside. Except the guy in the video room. 
because of the margin that the, the small margin. You're gonna say, well, it's still offside. Okay, then I'm gonna strongly push for eye in the sky and all icings reviewed. Because the other night there was an icing, the Oilers were complaining about the icing. And if we want to get that right, then the fans want to get it right. Let's and let's look at plays that were stick on stick, and the referee called it. Well, let's review those uh, under video review. It was stick on stick, not stick on hand. We want to get it right. Okay, so you can't decide. Goals are different than a than an icing, Steve. Goals they are lead different to goals. than an icing. They lead to. I'm just using the. Uh, uh, yeah. I, Everything listen, leads to a goal. The opening faceoff leads to goals. I know, okay. but but this way, so we're like, on the same side. You would have voted <laughs> against it, right? They, you would have voted against it, knowing what has happened since. I would. I would have voted. I I would have voted against it. Just listen to Gary Bettman say, "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah, I know, I know. And Gary still holds the best suspension of all time. Dale Hunter on Pierre Turgeon. That's a message sender, but that's a story for another day. I think we're already at final thought. This is one of my favorite episodes. What are we up to? 196? Uh, 96. 96 right now. Okay, final thought. You know, I saw something the other day speaking of 96. Yeah. It was it was really fascinating. They went back to the 2015 draft, and they decided that who who would go first in the night? Who who who? What order would the draft go in 19 in 2015 if it was redone? So they took out McDavid. So they had Marner. Barzell, Kyle Connor, trying to think who the other Michael, was. Michael. No, Michael wasn't in it. No, it was Marner. It started with Marner, Kyle Connor, Matt Barzell. Come on, who, who's another player from that? Oh, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sitting there going, like, hmm, that's interesting. No mention of number 96, Miko Rantanen, <laughs> <laughs> who went ninth. <laughs> I can make a case. He, he, he is maybe not Steve Larmer like. I can make a case oh. league-wide about his underratedness. I, I I think you could. Oh. I, I think a lot of fans, if you gave him a sheet and write down your 10 best players, most would not have him on. Like, okay, make it your best 15 then. Like, he would go, for whatever reason, he kind of is Casper. He He's kind of your friendly goal-scoring ghost. Like, he's there all the time. But people talk about all the other guys in Colorado, but I'm with you on that. I'm with you on Mika Branton. For whatever reason, people forget him, Craig. So, no, there you well, go. People might forget him, which is one thing. People don't know him. <laughs> well, that's not my fault. I mean, see these bags? I my... do, but, like, I see mean, these bags you're run, you're, how's the draft going? Like, just let's just ask. I, I'll make the case that the Toronto Maple Leafs might pick Reet Ranton and over Marner. Knowing oh, yeah. what they know now. Yeah. I I'm mean, not saying they will. I'm just saying you can make a case. And those other three guys, uh-uh, not even close to ratting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this nicely leads us into happy Thanksgiving to our American friends and Canadians who celebrated. And the next time we're back, it's 97. Mm. And 97 and 29, it's not going well for the Edmonton Oilers. So that might be a topic for next time because they do have a big game on Saturday against the New York Rangers. Craig, good luck to your Michigan Wolverines on the weekend. And I just found out that Notre Dame isn't good anymore. So I'm a little... <laughs> That's little, okay. Notre Dame isn't falling. All I know, uh, my dear friend, Tessa Bunham, she's an Ohio State Buckeye. She's in the Buckeyes Hall of Fame. Uh, she's played hockey there, was a great player, Canada's Olympic gold medalist in 2010. Uh and we have a standing bet on the Michigan-Ohio State game. They make these great pickles up in Sudbury called Stibby's Pickles. They're great. They're, they're, I get the hot ones. And so if Michigan wins, I get pickles. And if Ohio State wins, she gets a bottle of wine. And for eight years, I had to be giving her wine. 
Last season, I got pickles. I haven't got a note from her. I'm afraid she's going to send me a note that's going to say, no pickles for you this year. <laughs> Remember Mark Edward Vlasic? Pickles? <laughs> I like pickles. I like those pickles. And I hope my Wolverines can win on the road in Columbus. Enjoy your hockey weekend, your football or your footy, depending whatever you're watching. It is a great time of the year as Christmas is right around the corner. For producer Bruce Bolton, Craig Button wearing his Michigan Wolverines shirt and season ticket holder, I just found out. Hopefully get some free tickets. I'm Steve Coolius. Episode 97 is around the corner. Be good, be well, and happy Thanksgiving.